like to chew the Bible. <clears throat> it's your good friend Aaron. Hope everyone's having an amazing day. I had an amazing day. It's eleven thirty-one in the evening on this lovely August twenty-third, twenty twenty-two. Man, I was able to finally get some uh, record the rest of my audio book jump. I just call it a jump to jump number two. <laughs> And, uh, oh, excuse me, I added the background music for it and everything and um, got it all distributed out and just, now it's just the hurry up and wait stage. You finalize some stuff of my, you have to set up like a, what's called a PRO, Publishing Royalties or Rights Organization. You have to sign up with like, there's like ASCAP. BMI, and then there's like one other one, like Song Trust, I think. Anyway, I'm signed up with BMI. And so, yeah, to get all that payment information set up. Oh, this was, it's like, wish I could hand all this stuff off to somebody. But when it says you, you gotta do it yourself. <sighs> Make sure everything is all set up right so you get paid properly. Yep, 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 yep. Fun times. Got that all done. It's something I have something I've been meaning to do for a long time. I finally got it done. So here we are. We're, under, we're in Ezekiel chapter three. He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find here. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed this. He fed me the scroll. Son of man, he said to me, "Feed your stomach and fill your belly with this scroll I'm giving you." So I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. I feel like he did the same thing with Jeremiah. Then he said to me, "Son of man." Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them, for you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or a difficult language, but to the house of Israel, not to the many people of unintelligible speech or a difficult language, whose words you cannot understand. No doubt, if I sent you to them, they will listen to you. But the house of Israel will not want to listen to you because they do not want to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hard-headed and hard-hearted. Mm. Hard-headed. Hard-hearted. It's the last word you want God to describe you as. Look, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. I have made your forehead like a diamond, harder than flint. Don't be afraid of them or discouraged by the look on their faces, though they are a rebellious house. Next, he said to me, son of man, listen carefully to all my words that I speak to you and take them to heart. <sighs> Go to your people, the exiles, and speak to them. Tell them this is what the Lord God says, whether they listen or refuse to listen. The spirit then lifted me up and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me. Bless the glory of the Lord in this his place. With the sound of the living creature's wings 
brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The spirit lifted me up and took me away. I left in bitterness and in angry in an angry spirit, and the Lord's hand was on me powerfully. It's interesting. I had a dream last night where I had a bus. I was on this bus, and then the bus turned into like a big old hawk or an eagle or something like that, and I was riding on the eagle. And then there was all these like birds that were coming up against next to us, particularly uh, a blue jay. And it was getting too close, and I kept trying to kick it away. I was like, "Why is these all now? All these birds are all stuck to us, and they're gonna weigh us down. They're gonna fall out of the sky because we're flying over the ocean." It was a very interesting dream. Anyway. I came to the exiles at Tel Abib who were living by the Chabar Canal, and I sat there among them stunned for seven days. Ezekiel as a watchman. Now at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have made you a watchman over the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not warn him. You don't speak out to warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person, wicked person will die for his iniquity. Yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. Whoa. But if you warn a wicked person and he does not turn from his wickedness or his wicked way, he will die for his iniquity. But you, but you will have rescued yourself. Now, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly, and I put a stumbling block in front of him. He will die. If you do not, if you did not warn him, he will die because of his sin. And the righteous acts he did will not be remembered. Whoa! Yeah, I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn the righteous person that he should not sin and he does not sin, he will indeed live because he listened to your warning and you will have rescued yourself. The hand of the Lord was on me there and he said to me, get up, go out to the plain and I will speak with you there. So I got up and went out to the plain. The Lord's glory was present there like the glory I had seen by the Chebar Canal and I fell face down. The spirit entered me and set me on my feet. He spoke with me and said, Go, shut yourself inside your house. As for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so you cannot go out among them. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth and you will be mute and unable to be a mediator for them. Hmm. For they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth and you will say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Let the one who listens, listen. And let the one who refuses, refuse. For they are a rebellious house. Man, God does not play around. Ah, <sighs> oh, boy. Excuse me. Let's read these Tony Evans notes. 
Ezekiel was to digest the word of God, to read it and make it part of himself. The initial sweetness of the scroll indicates that even though a specific message from God can be hard to hear, nevertheless, it is still welcome to the believer who it is still welcome to the believer who appropriates it. God confirmed Israel's rebellious nature to Ezekiel by saying that if he were sent to a foreign people whose language deferred from his own, they would believe him and repent. But not Israel, or in Ezekiel's case, specifically the surviving kingdom of Judah. They didn't want to hear from Ezekiel because they didn't want to hear from God. The people to whom Ezekiel was being sent were hard-headed and hard-hearted. So God told Ezekiel that he was going to make him just as tough so he could speak to them without being discouraged. Why did Ezekiel leave that glorious vision in bitterness and in, ang in an angry spirit? Mm. Because the sin of Judah's people angered him as much as it angered the Lord. True spirituality is manifested when we feel the way God feels about unrighteousness. The prophet was so overwhelmed by all that had happened in the gravity of his message that he could do little more than sit and reflect for a whole week. Mm. All right, the prophet's commission as watchman over the house of Israel involved a twofold <clears throat> principle the individual's responsibility to turn from his own sin and the responsibility of God's spokesman to deliver his message faithfully. Believers in Jesus Christ bear the responsibility to proclaim the good news so that sinners may believe, be saved, and follow him in godliness. After all, how can we keep silent when we know how people can escape the wrath of God? That Ezekiel's tongue would stick to the roof of his mouth suggested that he would have anything to say to the rebellious Israelites unless it was he wouldn't have anything to say to the rebellious Israelites unless it was the message God had given him. Whether people heard and repented or rejected and plunged into ruin, the prophet was only to say, This is what the Lord God says, letting the chips fall where they might. In fact, this should be the posture of every preacher. Yeah, I was recently thinking about that. Sometimes, I don't know, some people, you talk to them, especially younger people, it's a lot easier to share the gospel with them, right? When you feel led to say something. And But other people, they don't seem as quite open to it. And you can just like read their body language and just, I don't know, when I'm in the car, I can tell like people who want to talk and people that don't want to talk and people that seem like they're ready, like they're in a place of hunger or they're in a low place. So they're more open to listen to what you have to say related to Jesus. And um, I don't know, I just was having this, I was recently thinking about this because sometimes uh, I'm, I even told this one lady I was like some people don't aren't ready to hear like the full out gospel and I look and listen back to what I said I was like thinking to myself yeah everyone I may not be ready to hear the gospel but that's not up to me to 
really determine whether or not if God puts it on my heart, shoot, sometimes my flesh <laughs> isn't going to want to speak up anyway because I'm out of fear with how the person will respond or if they're going to give me a, you know, a low star rating and mess up my five star rating or whatever on Uber. But that shouldn't matter. Like at the end of the day, my job is to just speak up, to be an ambassador for the Lord and Especially when I'm prompted to say something to someone about Jesus, I'm like, just say it. And whether they have a positive or negative response, you know, has nothing to do with me. That's between them and God. At least I know I did what I knew was right, what I was supposed to do. And let the chips fall where they may, as they say. So one day I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for my life. And I don't even want to think about it. Some of the things that I have, the ways I have not always been the best uh, example for God. I haven't always been an ambassador. A good ambassador. You might say I look just like one of them. So thank you all for your grace. Help us to uh, not be ashamed of the gospel, to be bolder, to speak up. Even if you, we don't feel led in our, in our spirit to say something to people and share the good news of your goodness, your faithfulness, your kindness. And tell people how much you love them and care for them. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. Pray that we would have soft hearts to your word, soft hearts to your truth, and not be hard-headed and hard-hearted. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God. Or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.